At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hour two of the nightcap, live from the Circus Sportsbook. Plenty still going on. Dieter Kurtenbach, Tim Murray with you. Thanks to Jeff Benson for stopping by. Cruel, man. Cruel. Christmas. Christmas. Think of the children. I I, I do like the clarification uh, for the Circus Survivor this year as they added another wrinkle. Now, they added a lot more money, so mm-hmm. that also is the uh, the nice driving force there. But for there will be there are two games on Christmas this year, okay. and there are there is a Thursday night game as well, and I just had the schedule up, and it went away. Um, <laughs> but You don't have it off the top of your head? You don't know the Week 16 schedule of the NFL season right off the top? I know that the – I think the Packers are playing on Christmas. Okay. I, don't, I don't know that, but um, – but that is some nice clarification that it's not just the two Christmas Day games. But, yeah, you really have to plan this thing out because, you know, for Survivor, you need right. can't use the same team, hence the name Survivor. Yeah. And now you've got 20 weeks to work with. And, you know, one fun exercise I wanted to uh, play was you look at week one, okay. there's really nothing jumping out at you that should be a Survivor play, in my opinion. Okay. When you look at teams that are on the road – um, you know, pretty short spreads week one, or you don't want to waste, you know, a big name team like the Los Angeles Rams are at home against the Chicago Bears. They're touch t- touchdown and a half favorite. Yeah, I think both San Francisco and LA are seven and a half point favorites going into week one. But San Francisco, while it is Detroit, you are on the road. Who knows, man? You never it's know. It's week one. Look, feeling out period. Everybody thought that Indianapolis would go into Jacksonville last year, week one. Yeah. That knocked out. 
a lot of people, including our own Brent Musburger survivor. <laughs> Week one, you go on the road, and Jacksonville doesn't win another game. Nope. So, that was the best tank job in the history of the NFL. They needed the Jets to help out. but Oh, uh, yeah. Winning week one, getting off the schneid, you're a winning team for a full week, and then you just cook it the rest of the way home. Uh, the uh, Christmas week, I, it, it was bothering me. I had to find out. It was It's San Francisco at Tennessee on okay. Thursday, so Santa's loading up the sleigh but not yet ready to take off. Yeah, doesn't then, get to go to the Curtainback house. Then, he, then he's already delivered all, all the toys by the time you get Browns, Packers, and Colts and Arizona. So there you go. Cool. Those are your three games. Not easy. Not easy Not for, uh, for Week 16. But plenty of time to talk that out. Let's get to the games at hand right now. Once again, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN uh, does a fine job covering hockey. Uh, will join us here momentarily. The Utah Jazz, it's just a matter of time now. They are laying it on the Memphis Grizzlies. 82-53 to is the score. This one went off Utah minus 9.5. And, and if you've got that ticket, you're feeling pretty good if you've got a joe ingles over no seven ticket i wouldn't know anyone who has that ticket not feeling great no uh, but there's a lot of garbage time that is true that's all i can convince myself of now they might be going into Ilyasova territory yeah i mean that's joe dangerous. ingles is an important guy apparently not that important. apparently not tonight though yeah so, uh no points for joe ingles Yikes. but as for my bet how's that going and eh, not, not as well not really good either well, it's uh, looking better than it was Five, ten minutes ago. Dallas leads the Clippers 40-37 to 37 right now. I laid the four in the first half. Mm -hmm. With the Clippers, uh, Luka Doncic has missed a three, so that is breaking news. Wild. Because he was five for five to start the game. He has 19 points, ladies and gentlemen. Next, okay. Yeah, he's feeling all right. And I go back and forth because I kind of want the Clippers to lose this series because mm. they drive me crazy. <laughs> However, I have, no vendetta. I have the Clippers here tonight in the first half, uh, but it is a two-point game. Um, our, our producer, Aaron Oster, Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr., on the board with a three. He's got Just one. one. Just yeah. one. Kawhi Leonard is lurking out there. He has four points right now, minus five. He's only taken four shots, one of four from the floor as we speak. He's lurking. He's been on fire in fuego next level. Watch him take a shot right here as He's I guarded speak. by Boban. Look at so that. Just went right to the rack. There's and and that's what you, you. mentioned uh, when you go big and another team is yep. small and you have Boban out on Kawhi Leonard, that's usually advantage Kawhi. Yeah. No, the board man gets paid, and also he gets to the glass very easily in such a situation. Uh, this, was, this is what I was expecting. This is the kind of basketball tactics that I expected to go down. End of one period in Denver. The Avalanche lead the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. to one. More hockey next with Greg Wyshynski here on the Nightcap. We keep it rolling here on the Nightcap, live from the Circus Sportsbook, Dieter Kurtenbach, San Jose Mercury News, Tim Murray, just plain old VEASAN, <laughs> and we bring in Greg Wyshynski from ESPN to talk to all things Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll start with the game at hand. Perfect timing to have Greg on. First Fantastic. intermission. We planned this perfectly, Greg. Over we here. knew exactly when to have you on. 
after the first intermittent, or right after the first period of Vegas and Colorado, with the Avalanche leading two to one. I think a lot of people, Greg, thought this would be maybe a possible zigzag situation where, okay, Vegas was terrible in game one. Maybe they were tired. Two days of rest. They're back at it. Uh, still 40 minutes of hockey to play in regulation, but the Avs up two to one, a power play goal to give them that two one lead. Uh, how did you look at this series before it started, Greg? And do you think the eventual Stanley Cup winner is playing tonight in Denver? <laughs> it's possible, although I think <laughs> that the Tampa Bay Lightning are certainly making that an interesting conversation based on what they've been able to do over in the Central Division. But, you know, I, I think what we saw from Vegas was that they were really tested by a pesky Minnesota Wild team. Uh, Colorado ran through St. Louis, uh, both, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, in every sense of the word <laughs> in some cases. Um, and I think what we thought from this series what it, was, it, was what we were going to, what we saw in the regular season, which was tightly played games, physical games and everything else. And then game one turned into a circus because the avalanche just kept rolling like they had in the previous round. And, what you're seeing in this game so far is, you know, the incredible depth of scoring and incredible work on the power play that you get out of this Colorado team. And, uh, you know, the, I was talking with somebody earlier today about them, and it's kind of one of those deals where you may have to just look at them as one of these teams, the 95 Devils and a few other teams, that just become juggernauts. And, like, it, no matter what Vegas does in this series, it may just be Colorado is is at their peak right now uh, as far as totality of play. Well, Greg, I'm glad that you brought up the Lightning there at the beginning before you basically shot any chance of anyone other than the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup down. It, it does seem as if the Lightning are, are getting into form here a little bit. There were some serious questions. I liked the Panthers against them in the first round. Maybe that was just wishful thinking. But uh, the Lightning look like a team that, that that's really clicking on all three levels. What have you made of the Lightning series with Carolina? What have you made of their play over the last couple of weeks? I think it's two things. It's goaltending because uh, Andre Vasilevsky, for me, and it's funny, we were talking on Daily Wager earlier today about the Conn Smythe Trophy for playoff MVP and who might be some darker horse candidates than, you know, trying to just bet all your money on Nathan McKinnon to win the award <laughs> with the Avalanche. And Vasilevsky's won. Like, if Tampa Bay ends up doing the repeat, I really think that he has a, a very good shot at being their MVP just because of how well he's played in the first two rounds. Mm -hmm. It's him, and then it's also the reason I picked them against the Panthers is the reason why I think they're up 2-0 against Carolina right now, which is this incredible efficiency up and down the lineup from guys that have done it before. I mean, right. you look at the way the Leafs went out in the first round. They're, they're scraping and clawing and scratching and hoping that somebody steps up and plays the role of hero. You look at the, the Lightning, one night it's Kucherov. You know, one night it's Kalorn. One night it's Hedman. You know, one night it's Blake Coleman, you know, it's like they got a, a whole lineup of guys that just when they need a goal or need a play, they come through with it. And the margins have been very small against uh, Carolina. I think it's been what, like two, two, one games so mm -hmm. far, but when they need a play, they get a play. And when they need a stop, their goalie makes them. Going to the exact opposite side of this, there is still a playoff series technically going on in Canada. I, I pretty much presume no <laughs> one's going to win the cup from the Great White North this year as Montreal and Winnipeg. I thought it was the consolation bracket of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but in fact it is still uh, two teams vying for the Stanley Cup. 
are we, should we be buying in a little bit on the Canadians here? I, I can't explain why they're playing good hockey, but they're playing good hockey. What, what have you made of them over the last couple of weeks? Because you take down Toronto, you get Winnipeg. Who the hell knows from here on out? Craziest stuff has happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they hit their stride at the right time. I mean, you know, I, I think the reason I, I picked Winnipeg in this series is because um, I, I, I thought they had better offensive depth than did Toronto, and I also felt that when adversity hit, they wouldn't turn into a giant bowl of quivering blueberry jello <laughs> like the Leafs do. Um, but this series, this series is taking a serious turn in Game One. So if, if, if folks don't know, so Game One went to Montreal. They won it five to three. So they put you know four goals and an empty netter against Connor Hellebuck and, and a very good Jets defense that knocked out Edmonton in the first round, but. Mm-hmm. The big story from this game is a hit that Mark Scheifele, uh, star center for the Jets, delivered on Jake Evans, a forward from Montreal, with about 56 seconds left in the game. Evans is scoring an empty net goal, and Scheifele just trucks him. Mm. And Evans left on a stretcher. So right there, you're talking about the emotional dynamic of this series changing. But more than that, I mean, Scheifele might be looking at a suspension in this series, and they're already down potentially uh, Paul Stasny. He didn't play in this game, so... You're looking at a situation where the Jets might be down two key offensive players after game one, and they've already taken a loss against Montreal. We're talking to Greg Wyshynski at Wyshynski on Twitter, senior NHL writer for ESPN. Greg, the only series we haven't hit on yet is one with the Islanders and the Bruins, and it it just feels like night in and night out people just want to bet against the Islanders, and they keep finding ways to, <laughs> to win games. Uh, they win game two uh, in overtime. They tried to give that one away, but they ultimately win the game in overtime four to three. Uh, after the Bruins won game one and disposed of my caps in relative ease, that was not very enjoyable to watch. Yep. Um, people were, were, were sitting around saying, I think this Bruins team can, can win the Stanley Cup. Are we putting the cart before the horse a little bit? Are they a, a, a clear breeze through this series against the New York Islanders? No. Um, and they're really good. And, and I did pick them in this series. Uh, I thought that with two scoring lines going at the same time, the, obviously the Bergeron were online with Pasternak does what it does. But to have Krejci and Taylor Hall having played the, uh, as well together as they have, um, that's a real tough thing if you're trying to beat the Bruins when they can put together two good scoring lines. But that Casey Sezikis overtime goal in game two really shifts the series because uh, I was at Nassau in the first round against Pittsburgh, and that place was deafening with limited capacity. They're going to have a much larger crowd now for games three and four, and it's A, a tough place to play, and B, they play really well there, and C, there's that kind of magical trying to extend the life of Nassau Coliseum because they're done with the place after this postseason. These are the last games in the old barn. So there's a whole lot of things on the Islanders' side right now that are going to be very interesting. The Bruins, they need to come out of there with a split. Uh, I'll tell you that. You know, I'm curious because we we always – it, it it goes, I think it varies in sports. I feel like in the NBA, we never talk about coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, in NFL, we, we talk about it all the time. When you look at the Islanders, um, how much credit do you give to Barry Trotz? Once again, not disgruntled at all that he's not the coach <laughs> of the Washington Capitals anymore. Um, but... You know they they were they were an underdog obviously against Pittsburgh they win that series uh, not you know after losing game one I don't think many people are expecting them to win game two in Boston they do that uh, in overtime now they go back to the Coliseum uh, for game three tomorrow night where they're a slight home underdog how much credit does Barry Trotz deserve for how the Islanders have been playing since he got there 
Oh, I think he deserves a ton of credit, and I think Lou Lamarillo, their GM, deserves a ton of credit too for you know fostering the type of roster that can play that style really well. Um, I, I do think the thing about the Islanders is that they've built a team and he coaches a team that has a pretty high floor as far as like being a playoff team, but kind of a low ceiling. Like I, I don't think that the I think the Islanders could could grind out another win against the Bruins, you know, as, as far as a series. We saw them grind out a couple series wins in the bubble last year. But when it comes to overcoming a Tampa or overcoming a Colorado uh, or even overcoming a Carolina, if, if they end up rallying in that series or Vegas, like they're not on that level. So I, I think that they are they're kind of like a better version of Columbus under Tortorella, like where, where Columbus would grind out these, these, these series and, mm-hmm. and do okay, but then maybe not have enough at the end. The Islanders are, are better than those teams, and they grind it out, and they have scores, and they have good goaltending, but they still don't. That style has a certain ceiling to it, and, and I think that's what you end up seeing with these Islanders teams. But it's a fun ride for as long as it lasts. Staying in that series, Tuka Rask has been dealing with injuries for, for a minute now. Uh, seems like it flared up again in game two. It's a hip, it's a groin. Is it a serious concern for the Bruins here moving forward? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what his injury <laughs> status is, but I mean, like the good news about them is that obviously they have very capable, two more capable goalies in Halak and then um, the, the other kid that came up this year whose name I always forget, it's Jeremy something or other. Right. Uh, and they both, they both played well. So, I mean, you know, the thing about the Bruins is much like the Islanders. The, the identity is there and the system is there, and they, and they know what to do. And, and if you look at their defensive metrics this year, it's kind of remarkable that they were as good as they were considering the, the changeover that they had on their, def- their defense core with Tory Krug leaving for St. Louis and with the, uh, obviously them cutting ties with the Dano Chara. Um, overall, the team had, I think, the best uh, expected goals against in the league, um, limits high danger chances, plays really well defensively. So, you know, they have three talented goalies, but I think they are so accomplished in what they do in front of them that uh, – you know, despite what Rask can can give you in the postseason, I think they'll be okay in any in any situation. And Greg, before we let you run, uh, we hit on the Abs to start, and they lead two to one after the first period against the uh, the the Las Vegas Golden Knights as that series comes to town on Friday. Just looking at the futures board right now, um, you know, we just had Jeff Benson in from Circa, and he said they're actually in good shape because they've had a low price on Colorado uh, pretty much all year, and obviously they have the shortest odds right now. You talk about it quite a bit on, on Daily Wager, I know. What team right now, in your opinion, when you look at the futures board, you know, is it is it the Bruins at six to one? Is it the Lightning at three to one? Who who jumps out of that as as we always love to say that value play uh, that intrigues you to win the Stanley Cup? Well, if you can get the Lightning uh, at three to one, I mean, and because the odds on the the Avalanche are just dumb right now, right, right, <laughs> you're not yeah. gonna get any value there. I mean, I think that'd be the next choice for me, just because of of how good they've looked and and what we we know we've got there from them. Um, but I got to tell you, man, like taking a flyer on this Montreal team right now might not be the worst idea in the world. They would have to beat Colorado to get there, um, which (laughs) is a very tall order. But, I mean, when they're playing as well defensively as they are and when they're getting as good uh, goaltending from Carey Price as they are, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility we could be seeing a run from them. Um, But, I mean, I wouldn't put too much on it. But if you're looking (laughs) for a flyer on somebody, you could do worse than them. Team of Destiny, Montreal Canadiens, 18-1 to 1 right now. 
I've been saying it all day. People have been giving me funny looks. Team of Destiny. No good reason other than Carrie Price. Oh, uh, I mean, I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far. Team but of I mean, Destiny, like, Greg. It, the reason the reason I picked the Leafs to win the Cup, which now looks idiotic, same, was because I said to myself, the only way that this weird season could end uh, properly <laughs> would be if Toronto won the Cup for the first time since '67. I stand by it that the only way for this weird season to end is for like an upset underdog Montreal run and, and Canada gets their first Stanley Cup since 1993. Yeah. That would be a nice, that would be a weird way for this to end too. Um, but I don't know, man, they're playing really well. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, this this win against Winnipeg tonight was legit. It was yes. legit a good win. And, and the, the wins they pulled out in six and seven against Toronto, albeit with a, an assist from a, quivering mess of the team uh you know like that, that was legit too they're, they're not they're not they're not you know they're it's not a bad idea to try to get on the uh, the montreal bandwagon right now do we do we know greg what's happening next rounds with with montreal uh, uh, montreal or winnipeg when they play colorado or vegas do we do we know have we figured that out yet what's yeah. happening for the the canadian it, home it, games they in buffalo it's not it's not official, um, but every sign points to their ability to travel to and from the border, both them and the American opponents that they play. Um, I've, I've heard from NHL sources in the past week uh, that, that keep saying, that, you know, the groundwork is still being laid, uh, but that, you know, a positive resolution for this has been what they've been predicting for weeks. And I don't think there's been any reason to believe that's not where it goes. I, I spoke to, to an epidemiologist from Canada uh, recently who reiterated the fact that it's not a public health issue to have, you know, teams traveling to and from the border. It's a public perception issue. And, and you're dealing with a lot of politics in Canada right now where they're not as open as we are. Their vaccine rollout's not as, has not been as good as ours has been. And there's a lot of kind of hot potato political fallout to having special dispensations for hockey teams that aren't giving, being given to the citizens. Um, so that's kind of what they're dealing with in, in aggregate, but in reality, they're going to find a way to make this happen. I, and I don't think it's going to be a, a situation where the Canadian uh, division champion has to post up in an American city um, for a couple weeks. Team of <laughs> destiny. Dieter, <laughs> Dieter's all in. I'm uh, running to the ticket during he, the break. He's all in. Right Greg, the booth. great stuff, man. Appreciate it, uh, as always. Anytime. Thanks for having me. <sighs> Team of destiny. This is yeah, it's not going great. Not the Clippers. Clippers, I gave the old, I gave the emphatic fist pump. Oh yeah, fifty six. It was fifty four, fifty one, mm-hmm. and then Maxi Kleber. Never trust Maxi Kleber. No, he, can't he, trust a German. He ties it up, and Dallas. Uh, they may well go into the half with the lead here. They lead fifty six to fifty four, thirty seconds to go. But my bet is uh, all but Sayonara. Zubac is in, but Boban is not. I don't know. Tyloo. I don't know what's going on. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic <laughs> has 27 points. 27. Is he over? It's 28 and a half. Yeah. So the Clippers. He should be okay. Head into the locker room down to <laughs> loser for this guy. And now we just need, uh, we need, we need some things to happen I here. need some Joe Ingles. Yeah, That's you need I some need. Joe Ingles. We need some uh, Porzingis under on rebounds. That one uh, is has stabilized. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, he had three quick rebounds. We're cheering for Aaron because my uh, my first half play didn't come home. But the glimmering hope was I thought about playing at Moneyline at minus 210. Mm-hmm. I did not do that. And guess what they're losing? That would have really stunk and stung. The Utah Jazz are laying it on 
the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll get you updated next. It's the Nightcap here on Visa. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Draymond Green, he's been on the NBA uh, on TNT, the Inside TNT uh, 
halftime show for the past three nights, and he's been filling in for Shaq the first night, so he mm-hmm. sat in Shaq's seat. Then it was Kenny. Yep. Now it's tonight. It's Charles. They've just moved him. He's playing musical chairs. Positionless basketball. That, that, that is Draymond. He can guard all five positions. He can fill all three chairs. Now can he fill all four chairs? Now he's going to be wearing a bow tie tomorrow with Ernie. I'll never bet against Ernie. Draymond Green. <laughs> that man. That man's a better broadcaster than he is a basketball player, and I think he's a basketball genius. Wow. Man, that's saying something. I, and I, again, I'm taking nothing away from his basketball. That's ability. that's high praise for his broadcast capabilities. He's really good, man. And that's yeah, that's what people have been saying. Now we're sitting here in studio, yeah. not hearing his analysis, <laughs> but from the uh, from the peanut gallery on Twitter, they say that usually, and I agree with this, usually mm-hmm. players who are currently playing that go on set, yeah, don't really bring you much. They're scared. Yeah, a lot of they come scared. That's, I don't think scared is in his vocabulary. No, Draymond's probably doing some stuff that's about to get him fined. He's on a very large television behind us. and uh, <laughs> Having talked to Draymond Green countless times in my life, I, I can tell the body language alone indicates that he is going to be writing a check to Adam Silver soon. <laughs> uh, halftime in Los Angeles, the Dallas Mavericks lead 56-54. to 54. They led by seven after the end of the first quarter. They closed the half on a, a little 5-0 run. Yeah. And Luka Doncic, 27 points, eight assists, and three rebounds. So you've got 56 points as a team. Now, I don't know what Luka assisted on. Let's go on the low level. They didn't assist on any threes, which is unlikely. But right. let's just say that for, for argument's sake. That means he assisted or scored 45 is my math correct there? 43 mm-hmm. of the 56 points, assuming there were no threes involved with that. And I bet you there was a three or two. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're looking at about 43 to 45 points of the Mavericks' 56 were accounted for by Luka. Well, no wonder his neck hurts. He's having to carry the entire <laughs> team on his back. Yeah, that is true. This is unbelievable what he's doing. It, it, honestly, a credit to him. Uh, I don't think there was much question about Luka, given his performance last year in the bubble mm-hmm. against these Clippers. Yep. Uh, no one was wondering if Luka could bring it. I guess the question is, can he continue to bring it if they get through this series? And, and that is to be determined. This is a good game. But, man, he's brought it tonight. He's brought it tonight. And we saw in Game 4, I mean, he wasn't there. He was hurt. And that game was over in an instant. And Dallas never seemed involved. And he's in it tonight. And they're playing great basketball, at least by Dallas Mavericks standards. So I bet the Clippers' money line yeah. in Game 2. Yeah. Then I went back and I bet the money line in game three, and I tweeted out, I'm going to hate myself, and they won the game. Yeah. I bet them first half, they don't cover. Clippers minus six, second half, meaning win the game by four or Mm -hmm. more. Clippers outscore the Mavericks by five in that second quarter. Does Dallas continue to play at this pace Luca had 27 points. Right. Now, Luca is capable of continuing this. <laughs> I don't have any doubt. But I, I do kind of lean towards what you were saying about Kawhi. Exactly. It seemed like he was getting going. He was chasing Luca around quite mm-hmm. a bit. Remember, he started five for five, did uh, Luca from three. He missed his last two. Oh, no. Yeah, watch out. Ice cold. Um, <laughs> Get him on the bench. I... I uh, it's I'm, close. I'm going to hate myself. You're going to do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to lay the okay. six in the second half with the Clippers. And I'm like, going to hate myself. I'm going I'm to want to take a shower. I, I despise this Clippers team, but yet I can't stay away. 
I, I don't know what it is. They're bad for you. I've had a few relationships like that. Yeah, they, long, is, they last for a couple years. This is a bad relationship uh, that I have with the Clippers. <laughs> I think that uh, all 15 Clippers fans would agree with you in that as well. Um, <laughs> I like I like the play for two reasons. It's a little too tight for me to I get know. involved. But I like the play for two reasons. One, the James Harden effect, which is basically when you have one guy doing everything for a team, I don't like it when teams can then, one, key in on that guy defensively, and two, that guy has to continue to do it. There's no alternative. There's no one coming to save the day. And the other one is what you said with with Kawhi, in particular, throwing him on Luka Doncic, which they started to do a little bit there in the second quarter. There's a lot of Reggie Jackson there in the first quarter, early part of the second. That's not going to work for the Clippers. The fact that they're in this game while riding the wave of Reggie Jackson on Luka Doncic actually gives me a lot of faith in the Clippers. But again, that's a, that's a tight line because this is not a team that comes through for you. All right, the bet has been made. I'm in Clippers minus six, second Saucy. half. So let's uh, let's sweat that out. Whew. And uh, oh, by the way, the uh, the Jazz hot take. They're going to advance to the second round tonight. The, yeah, I feel comfortable in that. They're up 106 to 76 heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, we talked about the slinging of rocks from David. Uh, David, like in most uh, true tales, the bigger, the badder, yeah, they won. Uh, so they're up 30 going in to the fourth quarter. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever 
you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. on vcin.com every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge and of course we have all the odds data and analysis for every game as well start your next sports bet at vcin.com Com. Tim Murray, Dieter Kurtenbach with you live from the Circus Sportsbook. And uh, we we said we're living through our producer in Aaron Oster tonight, Ja Morant. Hey, now. Over on his on his assist. Way there to we go, go, Ja. There we go, Ja. Your season's over, but you got the assists. He's got eight assists now, so over on the assist for Ja Morant. Unfortunately, everyone for Utah, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, over. Mm-hmm. Mike Conley, not over. He actually is out of the game uh, with a groin yeah, injury. Only seven points, but they're up by 30-something. So. Jordan Clarkson over his point total. Rudy Gobert over his point total. You can keep going. Joe Ingles. We could stop there. You have a play on Joe Ingles over, s- over seven and a half. He's got zero. I know that that's not seven and a half. It is neither eight nor nine nor ten. He's got four assists, though. Hey, you know, he's actually having a nice game. Doesn't do me squat. No. But he's having a nice game. Uh, 108-83 right now. Jazz leading the Memphis Grizzlies. Come on, Joe Ingles. Uh, The Jazz looking to advance, and they will get the winner of the Clippers and Mavericks series. Still at the half. Clippers 56. Excuse Mm. me. Mavericks 56. Clippers 54. I'm on the Clippers. Minus six, second half. I'm going to hate myself, but why not? Toxic relationship. I lost the first half bet with them, so only logic would make me bet them in the second half. But I, looking at it, though, all kidding aside, I, can Luka continue to go scorched earth? Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's done it at least the first two games of this series. It's kind of his thing. Yeah, it is. He's He's been carrying that team. His shoulders are, are hurt. Kristaps uh, Porzingis played about 10 minutes. Speaking of which, he had three quick rebounds. <laughs> Our guy Aaron Oster on the under six and a half rebounds for Porzingis. He only has three rebounds because he only played 10 minutes. Uh, so uh, we'll stick with that. We never um, got any of the Boban lines. We never figured those I out. I know. Uh, midway through the second period, by the way, Colorado still up 2-1 to one on the Golden Knights. Game two of that series with the Avalanche owning a 1-0 series lead. So an article popped up 
on uh, Pro Football Focus, or excuse me, Pro Football Talk oh, the yes. other day. The Mike Florio site. Yes. Yeah, fancy. And he was quoting Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor had quotes, head coach of the Bengals, talking about Jamar Chase. Yeah. First round pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar has been impressive. He picks it up really quickly, talking about the offense. I know there's probably some new terms that are crossover from some old terms he's had, like any young receiver. It took a couple days to get adjusted to that, but man, he's lined up quick. He knows what to do. He's got great hands. He's everything we hoped he could be here through just the first couple practices. So that leads to the discussion (laughs) of Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Dieter, this year is so fascinating. We've talked about it quite a bit because number one overall pick quarterback, number two Mm -hmm. overall pick quarterback, number Mm -hmm. three overall pick quarterback, number uh, 11 11. 11 overall pick quarterback, number 15 quarterback. And then you had skill positions in Jamar Chase going number five. Uh, Kyle Pitts going number four. So a lot of notable names. Najee Harris going uh, 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, so many interesting names out there. Jalen Waddell going six to the Dolphins. Devontae Smith going to the Philadelphia Eagles there at 12. Names we know from college. Skill position players getting selected high up. Mm -hmm. Who jumps out at you for offensive rookie of the year? I'll tell you who doesn't. All of these quarterbacks, I want nothing to do with them. I want to be as far away from Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones as I possibly can be. Because I don't know if any of them are going to get 17 games. I don't know if any of them are going to get 12 games. I mean, I can see a circumstance where Trey Lance comes in, hits the ground running. I don't know if that's going to be in week 3 or week 14. I can see a circumstance where Zach Wilson figures it out. I don't know how many weeks it's going to take for him to figure it out if he gets to start from week 1. Lawrence... Jacksonville stinks. I, I, I can't get over the win total that we're seeing out here. I think it's six, six and a half. Six and a half. They won one game last year. They lost 15 straight games. Why are we suddenly thinking that Urban Meyer is going to fix that mess? Because they have Trevor Lawrence now. I don't think quarterback was the issue. I think everything was the issue in Jacksonville. And uh, Fields, listen, Fields could go and be absolutely awesome, but he's got to beat two veterans to get on the field. So not only... Okay, well, this, this Andy Dalton isn't working out. They're going to throw in Nick Foles for a week or two after that. They're going to do everything they can to keep Justin Fields off the field because it's the Chicago Bears, and why would they ever be logical? So I like the skill position players. The guy that pops out to me, I like Chase. I like Devontae Smith. I think that Smith, uh, if he can maybe add 5, 10 pounds, uh, if he can get on the Kurtenbach plan, he, uh, <laughs> he has a chance to be a, a big impact player as the Vegas Golden Knights score to tie the game at 2-2. The one that I really like, though, is Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota with Baltimore. Minnesota is coached by P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck, former try-hard white guy wide receiver, (laughs) hung around for some training camp stuff like that. Wide receiver coach in the NFL, goes to the college game. Western Michigan goes down, recruits Florida really well, eventually gets the Minnesota job. They produce good receivers at Minnesota. They produce professional-ready receivers at Minnesota, and boy, could Baltimore use a professional receiver. This Hollywood Brown stuff where he's just running the sideline and hoping that he outruns the entire coverage, that's not really an offense. I think Bateman has a chance to get a lot of targets early on. I think that Baltimore is going to have to throw because now we're in what year three of the of the Lamar Jackson experiment where everyone's going to be daring him to year throw? Year three of the full-time starting position. Right. Year four, 
when he was yeah everyone's going to sell out to stop the run because the one thing that he hasn't proven yet is that he can beat you with his arm on a repeated basis I, I think I think Bateman's great value at 33 to one but honestly this board is so convoluted and messy that's really the only place I want to go super long shots yeah and uh, you can find him in town at as high as 40 to one Ooh, I like um, it you know, Javante Williams was a name that I liked mm-hmm. early, and now mm-hmm. he's been bet down. I think he opened at some spots in town around 33 to one. He's been bet down, as you see right there, 20 to one at DraftKings, 20 oh. to one at another shop that I'm looking at here. Mm-hmm. Um, the one bet I've made so far, and the name is actually on there. I bet Trey Sermon when it opened wow. at 100 to one. Yeah. So no, I like that. It, it was all obviously at 100 to one. It was, it was clearly just. A long shot, but knowing Kyle Shanahan and how he utilizes mm-hmm. running backs, and I think back to when I was in Washington. Now, RG3 ultimately won the Rookie of the Year that year, but yes. Alfred Morris ran for over 1,000 yards. Indeed. The way they utilize that that scheme, you know, that, that zone blocking zone, system, yeah. I think Trey Sermon has the potential to have a big year in San Francisco. They've been splitting him out wide, too. They want to use him as a receiver a lot. He's going to get touches. Duke... Yep. They've got themselves a new head coach coming up in uh, two years. (laughs) And it is a very surprising name to most. We'll talk to our guy, Jim Root, up next right here on the Nightcap. Indeed believes less is more. That's why they have the most powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. I think it's time to throw in the towel. Just shut it down. Just throw it in. Let's go home. Throw it in. 67-62 Clippers leading the Dallas Mavericks. I laid the six in the second half, meaning four for the full game. At the half, the Clippers lead 67-62. to 62. Uh, Utah and Memphis, by the way, 117-95 to 95 right now. That is a total of, as I do the quick math, of 212 yep. with six minutes to go. We're looking like this series will end, and it will hit an over for all five games here, Dieter. But Joe Ingles has zero points. So yes, that is true. That's the most important story of the night. Dieter Kurtenbach, my co-host. I'm Tim Hello. Murray, and uh, excited to bring in friend of the program at Second Chance Points. Three Man Weave is the website, mm-hmm. and uh, the man who knew that John Shire would be the next head coach of Duke University—that is Jim Root. Um, I think everyone was just trying to rack their brain around. Wait, Brad Stevens is no longer the head coach of the Celtics. Wait, what? Coach K is gone. Didn't these two guys coach against each other? Um, I think I saw a tweet today. The handshake, Jim, at the end of the national championship, and it said, "In 11 years, we will both not be a head coach at the same time." Um, now we get we get the Coach K farewell tour. Um, John Shire, can you put logic to this? The John Shire decision here, I get it. He went to Duke. He played also, high school basketball against me. That's why. There you go. A, a lot of people went to Duke, Jim. A lot of people went to Duke. Tommy Amaker went to Duke. Indeed. Quinn Snyder went to Duke. God damn. Um, there's a lot of people. Why John Shire? I guess to me, it, it, he almost has the, the mystery of the unknown behind him still. And that's almost his biggest advantage. Because you go through a lot of the Coach K coaching tree, and it's it's not great. I mean, Amaker 
was one of the finalists. I think Johnny Dawkins was one of the finalists, or at least that was reported as uh, the guys that Coach K considered. But we don't know what John Shire is yet. We kind of know that Johnny Dawkins is an NIT coach. Mm-hmm. We kind of know that Tommy, Tommy Amaker might be two, or at least he got fired at Michigan for being one. So you're almost going with the, the guy that's been closest to Coach K recently, may or may not be the current bag man, but uh, I think that's just that <laughs> <laughs> the elements of the unknown with him that at least uh, is intriguing for Blue Devil fans at this stage. And, and, and I, I, I know UNC you know, did this, right? They had to have a UNC guy. And, and I mean, Duke is the most notable yeah. college basketball program in today in college basketball and has been for 20-some-odd years. So going outside the Duke family, I guess, would, would not make – I mean, I, whatever, but Brad Stevens is available. Right. They could go get Billy Donna. They could get anybody, and they're going to go with a dude who's never coached a game in his in his life? Yeah, I mean, this feels enormously like Coach K-flexing muscles. Like right. I, you, You're yes. going to, to go with who I'm telling you, dude. I mean, Wisconsin did this with Bo Ryan retiring in the middle of the season. He basically forced the hand of the administration Coach K doesn't have to do that. He he can say, "Look what I've done for this program in forty years." You're you're going to hire the guy I'm telling you to hire, and that's that's what's ending up happening here with John Shire. I'm sure Blue Devil fans are like wishing they were getting the the Brad Stevens connect the dots that <laughs> everyone was doing today, or or going to at least call like Nate Oates at Alabama, or like yeah. you said, Billy Donovan, whoever they could possibly want. But this this is Coach K's choice, and we'll see how it pans out for him. John or Jim, sorry. First of all, a fantastic flag. It's a Missouri flag behind you, and it, it's <laughs> resplendent. M I Z. Z O U. We'll we'll start with a, a team that's much better at basketball than our Missouri Tigers, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They bring in Chet Holmgren. They're getting Drew Timmy back. There's no like obvious favorite. There's no runaway favorite for the national championship next year. And obviously you get into the field of 64, 68, 75, whatever the hell they're going to do next year, and things get crazy. But do you feel good about a Gonzaga 9-1 to bet, given the amount of talent that they're bringing in and the amount of talent that they're bringing back? Yeah, I, if you can get that 9-1, to I've seen it shorter in a lot of places where, you know, it's down to 6-1 to in some. And I, I just... 7-1 to as much as, DraftKings. Yeah. As much as I love Gonzaga next year, and I think Holmgren's going to provide some interior defense and shot blocking that they really didn't have this year, kind of cover up some of... Drew Timmy's defensive faux pas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just too short for me to really recommend Gonzaga. They are my number one team, but it's not with such a bullet that I think five to one or six to one would be great odds. If you can get nine or ten, I think that's probably where I, I would see some value. But try to try to line shop, try to be discerning with that and get that better value with it. Otherwise, maybe wait for a little bit. Are you seeing any good long shots? And we're talking like serious long shots here, like a 50 to one, maybe a team that starts with an M ends in an I anything uh, tickle your fancy at that part of the board. I look, yeah, I know you're trying, you're, you're trying to get the Mizzou out of me, but <laughs> I just, I, I don't you're buy too smart for that. That's the, Missouri, that's the Missouri I, yeah. education right there. Exactly. Right. We're, we're self-aware enough to say <laughs> we're not going to win the title. Uh, yeah. Look at some of the, looking at some of the long shots, I right off the bat, uh, with the initial odds that had come out. St. Bonaventure was somebody I liked that maybe the ceiling isn't going to be like win the title, but I think that's a team I'm very confident will be in the tournament. And if you can get them 150 to one, I got 300 to one right out of the gate. Wow. Uh, someone that I think will be in the tournament and can win a couple games. Mm-hmm. Best team in the A-10 returns all five starters. Uh, and, and another one that, you know, maybe up 
closer towards the hundred to one realm as uh, Memphis. That that, that team yeah. really athletic. I've I've thrown plenty of shade at Penny Hardaway, but they seem to figure things out uh, down the stretch. They're a great defensive squad. They've got a ton of athleticism. Did well in the transfer market this off season. So Memphis is another one. And then if you can find the rogue, really good price out there on Auburn, there's okay. one or two places that have them north of 100 to 1. Wow. I, I think that's that's worth looking at as well. Talking to Jim Root at Second Chance Points, check out the website, Three Man Weave. Going back to Duke, mm-hmm. uh, looking here at uh, just one shop in town, the Westgate Superbook at 16 to 1. I know it was a, a great recruiting class, not elite. Uh, they ultimately did not get Patrick Baldwin Jr. That was kind of the final domino. A couple transfers come in for Duke, but a couple players also exit as well. What do you expect in the farewell tour for Coach K this year with the Blue Devils? That's a great question. I think if they have gotten Baldwin, I'd probably have them nudged up in that top three range, but Without him, it, it, it feels like maybe they're one piece short. I haven't watched a ton of Trevor Keels. He's like the third of their their top uh, top great top rated recruits. Paolo Banchero is awesome. He's the guy that's coming in that's going to be like a top three pick in the draft. Uh, AJ Griffin, tremendous as well. Bring back a couple of guys, Roach and Moore, that maybe we'll get a little more out of them next year. But I, I'm not I'm not changing any sort of uh, evaluation of this Duke team, knowing it's Coach K's last year. I'm not buying any sort of rah rah. Let's do it for <laughs> Coach K type of thing. So I, I'm probably staying away from them for now and hoping that you know if you if you are in on Duke and you like them, maybe a young team takes a couple losses early on and, and you can jump in there. They are playing a pretty tough schedule. They've got Gonzaga on the slate early on, uh, at least a couple of tough games that they could lose, and maybe you get a little bit better value after that. Jim, I know you've done a really great job, and if, if you follow Jim on Twitter, at Second Chance Points, uh, keeping tabs as as, much, as well as you can on the transfer portal, and we still haven't hit the deadline yet for players to withdraw from the NBA draft. They could still go through the process. So who are some players, uh, and I guess teams, that could really benefit from a transfer or a player to ultimately say, I'm not going through with it. I'm going to return to school next year. There's a couple that are, that are big swings. I'll just say, you know, buried in all of the coach K news today, Oregon picked up a commitment from Jacob young, a Rutgers transfer. He's going to play the same place. His older brother, mighty Joe young played at Oregon. I think the ducks are kind of a top 10 ish team right now. They've, they've added some great pieces and Altman has blended guys together in the past. So, I think the Ducks have snuck up the the uh, the pecking order. I, I, Twenty to one on the board. I see right now. That's that's probably past where the value is. But if you can hunt around in line shot, maybe pick off a better price with the Ducks. I think they're going to show some value at some point. Uh, and then just as far as some of the, the draft decisions, one big one that you know is up on that board. West Virginia twenty to one. They're waiting on Miles McBride, and that, I think he's the difference between being say a top. 15 team with him and they're more of a top 40 team without him. He's that good. He kind of makes everybody else better. He's a shot creator. He's a shot maker. And they, they return a lot of their perimeter too, because Taz Sherman is opting to use his extra year. So that's one to keep an eye on Deuce McBride for West Virginia. You mentioned Duke and how you're not in on them now. Is there any other team on kind of the, the classic board, one of those favorite teams out there that, that you're also just not in on that you feel uh, is being overvalued by various books throughout Las Vegas and elsewhere. 
Yeah, I, I think Michigan up there is definitely one for me, and UCLA, and I'll go real quick through why. Michigan's going to be really young next year. I, I think that's a, it's it's a high-quality team. I'll probably have them top 10 to 15, and Jawan Howard has proven time and again that he knows what he's doing. But price like a top-five team when they're going to be playing a ton of freshmen, really reliant on, on some incoming guys. Don't know that the point guard situation is settled. They're probably going to start a Coastal Carolina transfer there. So we don't we don't know for sure how that'll add up. I'm going to kind of stay cautious with them and wait to see what the team looks like early on. And then as for UCLA, it's just it's a big NCAA tournament overreaction, I think, to have them where they are. Uh, they, they were great. They played one of the all-time best games I've ever seen with Gonzaga. They made the Final Four, but they were down to Michigan State in a play-in game, and they lost their last four games of the regular season. They were very close to not even being anywhere near that position. And think back to last year when we didn't have an NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. That's the type of team that, you know, you wouldn't have overreacted to coming into this year. But we saw Johnny Juzan go nuts. And I I think that's kind of recency bias for people. And I'm I'm not quite there in UCLA. I'm pumping the brakes on them a little bit. We're never pumping the brakes on Jim Root. He's the best at Second Chance Points on Twitter. And Jim, let's get that Nuggets series price home here, my man. At plus 290, we're, 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 we're hoping. We're Here really we hoping. We're in good shape. We're in good shape up three games to two. There he is. Follow him on Twitter. To check out the website, Three Man Weave. Always nice to get in a little college basketball talk. Coach K, the farewell tour. Going to wave goodbye to everybody. Just like the Memphis Grizzlies are waving goodbye to the playoffs. <laughs> it's a nightcap here on VEASAN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.